0: What is going on? Oh, that was good. Dang it. It was so close.
1: All right. It was so close. Okay.
0: is going to with this Crew 3 podcast. Yes, so there goes Ruckman with me this week. It's Chris. It's just me. Yeah, Chris is saying better because I just totally effed the heck up on the intro. Oh, it was so really close fu- though. You know, I, I almost wanted to try to get us a panel space at DreamHack mm-hmm. just so we could do that intro in person. Yeah. But then I realized no one's going to know who the hell we
1: are. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 I mean, again, nobody else will know who anybody else is either. It's a lot of small time stuff uh, to make it to this event, but we're excited to be there.
0: Yeah. We're excited. So of course, you know, we'll be at dream hack next weekend. Uh, Can't quite tell you what we've got going on just yet, but I can, I will sort of say that we do have two slot time slots of some content stuff going on. we will probably try to stream one of them. The other one you'll see after the fact, but stay tuned for more info on that. Hopefully I can talk about that on next week's podcast. But again, also, if you want to, uh, if you still want to go to DreamHack and haven't got your tickets yet, uh, we do have a 20% off code for a weekend pass. That they're still available. Either, uh, we, technically we have three codes, so use one of them. Uh, but really, let's just say, either use code CREW3RUCKMAN at checkout or or code crew 3 Chris
1: to see who you love more. Oh, man. I don't think I can win that competition. I just, I don't know that I want to do that because, like, you know, I don't, I didn't get enough love from my own parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to relive those times again seeing how much more everybody loves you than me. You know? Uh-huh. I don't know that uh-huh. my little ego can handle that. Hey, if you're going to Akon, speaking of uh, of uh, habitual drinking, if you're going to Akon, wow. and uh, if you're going to Akon, uh, you know, and you want to invite us to shenanigans, we'll do that too, potentially. We learned that Akon's the same weekend, and we might also have passes to that uh, through a hookup, so we shall see. But if Akon's more your thing, and you, you know, whatever, because the main event's not Pioneer, you know, you're not a modern player, don't want to play the side events, whatever, uh, we'll come to you to your trashy Akon parties. Yeah. You, you provide the furry costumes, though. Yes. Yeah. We can't afford those.
0: Do you have any requests? Uh, No. No, I don't. Okay. No idea. Okay. Uh, I want to be a red panda, and we'll give Chris uh, a border collie.
1: Hmm. All right. I don't like this is getting real, you know? Yeah.
0: Uh huh. What's this podcast about? Well, we talk about pioneer cards here mm-hmm. and the, the wonderful pioneer format. Occasionally, we uh, we dabble into Explorer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll t- we can talk about fursuits at Acon. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, so we get once we get there'll be plenty of people who I'm sure will want to talk about uh, their first suits at, at the uh, good old dream hack Dallas.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, of course, of course. All right. So anyway, uh, as Chris tries to take me away from this, although, you know, we could we could stay here. I mean, that's always a possibility.
1: <laughs> uh, what do you, we'll have to change our name, I think.
0: Uh, yeah. What do you think? What do you think Reddit's feeling about this episode so far?
1: Oh, they love it. They've always have great things to say about us.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loretta loves us. Uh, anyway, uh, this week's episode, we got a lot of stuff to talk about per usual. Uh, to start off with, I want to kind of pick Chris's brain on the upcoming release schedule uh, that they announced that I talked about with Rose Moji in our special interview. We'll get a little more info on in August. I want to talk to Chris about some pricing we've seen, and then we're going to dive on into the Pioneer metagame, and we're going to round off with some Explorer talk, where I want to pick uh, Chris's brain, and we have a list from Ricky. So, if you listen to the special interview with Rose Emoji, you know we're going to be talking about sort of the top 10 cards that are missing from Explore right now that we want to see on Arena in the first round of anthologies on the road to Pioneer. So, Chris, real quick, let's talk about some of those release schedules coming up. So, you know, we, we already knew that. Brothers War, or sorry, Donner United wasn't coming out till September, mm-hmm. but now it seems like Brothers War is going to come out in November. Meaning we have another Jeez, double dude. fall release. Yeah, how do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Man, I, I think more magic cards is fun, um, but at the same time, you know like, we know they're not testing the cards. (laughs) So it's like, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's just like, hey, they've got so many ideas up the pipe that, that you won't have a chance to break the format before there's a new format already out. So you know, I don't know. I, I like Magic cards. I think in some ways it's a lot of fun. One of my favorite times playing Magic is obviously going to pre-release and, and playing with you know people who uh, who don't get to spend all day playing Magic because they've got lives to live and things to do, and you know chat about normal life stuff and, and how we fit in Magic cards into our schedules. Now that I'm a, an old man, having spent three thousand years playing Magic the Gathering cards uh, in ancient Egypt, so. You know, I do love the pre-release aspect of it, and I do like playing with new cards, but especially as somebody who is to make, you know, content about this stuff, it, it is a lot. Spoiler season definitely gets a little bit exhausting. It's hard to get a break. It can be hard to figure out formats. It's more cards to try and get a hold of, right? You know, there, there are definitely some some uh, positives and negatives when it comes to that kind of thing. What, what did you feel about the release schedule? I mean, we, we've been talking about it outside the podcast, and it's definitely felt I mean, a little daunting. You know, I...
0: I was just hoping that Dominar United would get us back to the regular release schedule. Yeah, you know, I if it it just really feels like this shift is allowing them to just spam a lot of non-standard impacting products in the summer. So, like, you know, we're seeing Baldur's Gate, we're seeing Double Masters. So it feels like we're trying to fit an extra, a big casual release. So, you know, I, I do think there is going to be some amount of wallet fatigue soon if this does end up being the thing going forward. Now, I will say I do like the idea of um, this sort of between the April release and the September release, you can really kind of see formats settle in for a long term, at least with Pioneer and Standard, and sort of see how things adjust before rotation happens, right? Um, so I think that is the exciting thing about having this sort of, if this continues to go forward, I would rather almost see, so they have also announced that the the April set for next year um, is going to have an epilogue set um, that seems, at least based on the timelines, be a lot closer to the release of the full set. So we don't know really much about what that means, but what I'm assuming is it could just sort of be like an additional like small amount of cards that releases like a few weeks after the set for like story reasons or something or other. Like and I think that's kind of a cool way to sort of tell the story, kind of hype things up, but you know, um, it's kind of whatever. The other thing I want your opinion on is, what do you think about uh, Jumpstart packs replacing theme boosters going forward? And presumably, because I haven't gotten a confirmation, otherwise, the possibility that some of those the four Jumpstart cards could be Pioneer legal.
1: Um. Obviously, I'm I'm not for that uh I, I don't know unless there's like particular and again
0: let, let me let me stress that we don't know for sure either way right right, right, right. but i just think that because it's a standards like aligned product mm-hmm. there's a chance they could end up being standard legal
1: i think there's there's definitely a chance uh I, i'm obviously not excited for that i think that it, maybe if they design them with standard in mind that it would be that would be fine but we have seen you know we have seen them pretty well heavily warp entire formats around their like additional products in what definitely seems based on the massive pattern of greed to be a wallet grab right? Yeah. Like it, it hasn't seen like, man, we're so interested in designing really interesting and exciting cards. We're going to splash a few in here and there, but you'll get them on top of this, this is just a way to sell regular boosters after all, all we are a business. It has definitely felt it many times like, wait, you're telling me you don't have $50, right? It seemed I mean, like one of those where it's like, well, I can't wait to pay my $100 yeah. for the super 10 card set of whatever it is. So,
0: uh, I mean, like, look, I, I look at it this way of, Theme boosters didn't sell, or theme right. boosters didn't not sell, all, right? Not like, all they didn't sell. Um, Jumpstart's good, and I think the saving grace for the fact that Jumpstart cards might not be standard legal, therefore Pioneer legal, uh, outside of them, just whatever if they already were standard legal, right, is the fact that I feel like a standard card pool isn't deep enough to have a lot of Jumpstart themes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a chance of that. Because my my big thing is just I just don't want. I can talk about the Rose. I don't want like an Allosaur Shepherd situation. I don't want a Youthful Valkyrie situation where now we have a ten plus dollar uncommon that is so hard to find. So it was released in just such, especially something as arbitrary as Jumpstart, right? You know, mm-hmm. like that was one of my big things of like, you know, you can't play Paper Stork because how hard is it going to be to find for Muxus for like everyone mm-hmm. to play,
1: right? But I think but that's my point too. Is like, you know, we we can't trust. They're not testing the cards, so the thing is, because they're not testing them, they're going to have no idea that this card was really good in some some random deck in Pioneer or wherever, right? So, like, that's going to happen if they let these cards touch the format. There's going to be a great many things they miss. We're going to have the two hundred dollar rare from the set thing that's like you know a whatever a mana dork or whatever it might be because they're going to miss an interaction, and I don't see how they could, right? I mean, testing extra sets with stuff. is is pretty tough to do and I don't know that it makes a lot of sense and I like the extra products I mean I'm looking at this Baldur's Gate stuff and I'm thinking man if I was a commander player that'd be sweet some of these things look fun but at the same time that doesn't mean that I want that touching my pioneer format where I'm trying to like compete and have fun at the same time you know yeah and so I just I don't trust them to do it right and it just it seems like it's a mess waiting to happen
0: Yeah, and and I think it is kind of important, too, because, I mean, when you look at this extra product, though, that I am excited for, you know, I think Double Masters, whether or not how great you feel about the $300 draft booster boxes or the, uh, what is it, $200 for a collector booster box that's four packs. Yeah. You know, like, that's not great, but I do think that, I mentioned last week again as well when I was talking with Rose about this, I think Double Masters could be a mini backdoor Pioneer Masters. I mean, when you have one of the marquee cards being Liliana the Last Hope up alongside Ren and Six, I think this could be a chance to really have some amount of reprint of good Pioneer cards. I mean, we saw this with Thoughtseize. Thoughtseize went down to like what? you know, ten bucks before the the sort of the more recent price increases, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I think Masters I think Double Masters could do a lot of good for Pioneer as long as there is enough product, as long as there are enough cards in the rest of the set to kind of drive sales for the other formats as well. I think like if you have a lot of big modern reprints, again like Ren and Six, a lot of cards would be open from this and we're gonna see a lot of the more Pioneer cards sort of get shuffled off back into the card pool again.
1: Yep. Yeah. Sounds right to me. I mean, again, I think that reprints uh, are a good thing. I mean, we, one of the reasons we love Pioneer is the accessibility of the, of the format and kind of watching a game kind of get drowned out in a little bit too much collector product. And it feels like one of the great things about magic was the inclusivity of it. Like a lot of people played magic. It was a survivable game. You knew it was going to be around. You knew your cards weren't going to, were going to be good for something. And a lot of people played Magic. It was simple enough to understand how to play. uh, And and people could play it the wrong way. And that was fine. They could play at their kitchen tables the wrong way. But just Magic has touched so many lives at this point that, you know, it's kind of bigger than a game to to most people. I mean, they've advertised that in in a lot of ways, right? So I think that the accessibility part of it is very important to us. We want to see a lot of people be able to play Pioneer. You know, so I, I am in favor of the reprints. It's just it's still a very inexpensive format. And so, again, if they're going to oh, reprint cards, it, still have to
0: it's be. it's it's really rough to say that, too. I mean, it still is right. Like you look at modern prices. it is oh, yeah. still You know, by comparison. But but like every, everything else is going up. So it's not like just pioneers going up. Right. I mean, right. We've been saying this for a long time. The, the
1: pioneer price increase. Was bound to happen because it was it was a paper price increase. Is why P- people are coming yes. back to play paper magic, and so prices yeah. are going up. And that's just what it is, right? I mean, it's it's kind of that simple. And it was a good time to, if you were again collecting cards during the pandemic, to kind of hoard them and and then sell them. You could have a good little a little profit margin there based off prices. It's tough to do. Trust me, I've, I've sold some magic cards in the past. But anyway, point point being about Pioneer, I love to see it. I would love to see some Pioneer reprints. You know, it's still a very accessible format. Anyway, though, yeah.
0: Uh, and last one, I know again, we're we'll get we'll get back to Pine here in a second, but obviously there's a lot of uproar about the pricing leak, uh, not really pricing leak. The the forty K commander decks went up for pre-sale. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> yeah, they did. You know,
0: obviously <laughs> all four decks were listed for like five hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah. I do wanna point out and say like those were the collectors of the decks. So right. like right. I was expecting those would be like a hundred plus dollars, right? Yeah. Like yeah. So, because they're all going to be foiled out and stuff like that, I think, you know, you look at what the, that secret commander deck was, but it was about $100 to Five as well. So, I don't think, like, that's out of the realm of realistic pricing for what is going to be, like, a very premium product. You know, as long as the regular decks are still, like, $40, 50 dollars ish right? Like, yep. it's going to be fine. Like, that was the collector product. Like, it's definitely Sticker Shock, right? But again, that's the collector one. As long as the regular one is still available, you know, I might splurge and get a collector's edition of, like, the Imperium one. But I'll probably get regular versions of all the other decks type of deal. So Sure, sure. I mean, don't get wrong. And also, these these decks will sell out. Like, the 40k players who have never touched Magic Life before are just going to buy these to put on a shelf.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like... It's cool that people are willing to spend money on their hobbies now, right? Like it's not necessarily as taboo as it was before, and and I am glad that some people have that expendable income to to drop that full full five hundred dollars there. I mean, uh, I just want to point out that like when I was making what like the average American was making back when I was like twenty two, uh, which was which was good, right? It was sol- solid income uh, for a twenty two year old. Uh, my rent was seven hundred and fifty dollars for a one bedroom apartment a month. So (laughs) it's just insane. And again, that was 10 years ago. Right. But it's just insane to me that for two, you know what I'm saying? Like the price between the two, uh, (laughs) I could have either had rent for a month or I could have had some commander decks of magic cards. (laughs) It's just pretty, uh, pretty crazy to me, but you know, Hey, like you said, there's going to be a market for it. They do look pretty cool. Um, and again, they're all foiled out, right? That's that's an important thing to mention. They're all foiled out. They're all cool arts. There's all, a lot that went into that. And again, you do know they're going to sell it. They're definitely a premium product. And it's cool that you have options, right? Like there are so many cool looking Pokemon cards. They've they've proven clearly that people, again, love this game and are willing to spend on it uh, for the alternate arts. So I guess that's all I have to say about that. Oh,
0: hey, speaking of, speaking of Pokemon cards, what do you think about Magic
1: finally learning about textured card technology? Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Ditto's are peeling off over there. Yes. I maybe they traded. Maybe they traded. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, are you ready to finally 16 minutes later dive into Pioneer? Let's look at it. All right. Starting off with Saturday's challenge, we go on down to eighth place with ALMTG with Azorius control. It's the Yorian variant there. Seventh place H Cook seven two five with mono red aggro. Sixth place, Harry 13 on four color ascendancy a deck. We haven't seen in quite some time. We'll have to come back to that one. Fifth place underscore against underscore with Is It Prowess once again showing the veracity and staying power, I think, of Legend Shredder in this format. Mm-hmm. Pick up your cops if you haven't already. It's already gonna hit twenty bucks any day now. Yep. Unstable voodoo in fourth place with mono green karn, mono green devotion, whatever you want to call the deck now, you know what I'm talking Rampy about. Rampy McRamperson. Here. Yeah. Third place, Poker Wizard on Bant Spirits. Second place, uh, Mario Marcos on, is it Phoenix? And first place, WK Midori on Lotus Field. Chris, where do you want to start with these deck lists?
1: Man, uh, I don't know if there's a ton to go over here, to be honest with you. I think there's a couple interesting highlights for sure. And that, you know, people done went and forgot about Lotus Field and a little bit their, you know, they they forgot about their combo decks. Right. Ascendancy came to game uh, this top eight and so did the Lotus field. And I'm looking at a couple of these sideboards. The sideboards definitely look a little weak to some of those decks. Like I was looking at the Phoenix's sideboards for a couple of them. Um, Not a ton. A lot of it's a lot of reactive stuff because they're trying to protect their own combo. And, you know, you don't have that well-timed mystical dispute. Uh, These sideboards looking real soft. I don't know if you're checking through these, but yeah, uh, you're definitely depending on the weekend, you may have to. Consider a little bit more your, your combo. That being said, you know, you look at the field breakdown. There wasn't a ton of combo to be found throughout the field in general. So the combo decks that did show up, it does look like they got rewarded uh, because of the lack of hate for their combos in sideboards. Very true. All
0: right. Uh, like always, we are going to have the link to these challenges below in the description. And I'll link the leagues as well. Probably not going to dive into leagues, but there is always a lot of spice going on in the leagues. And I'm happy to link those event results in the podcast description for you all to peruse and look over um n- none of the decks here you want to really talk about i mean like i said i, I want to let's maybe i mean we can wait because look ledger shredder is on my mind i ordered this stuff to build prowess i am hyped to build this de- i don't you know i don't think i was ever going to play phoenix but there's something on this deck that is just like chef's kiss to me
1: yeah i mean it's just it's just you know a couple a couple things i just didn't think about with the card where you're just like whenever a player casts their second spell each turn so that's a potential two triggers per turn that goes on yours and your opponents and i've seen people do it i've seen people take that four mana and cast two man two one mana spells on their turn two one mana spells in their opponent's turn in addition to their opponents casting some spells and it's a lot of dig power It really is. Even if the card doesn't get super big, it's just a two or a three. That's enough to do some damage. It's doing a ton of digging for you, uh, which is pretty huge to have on a creature that also is beating you down. Uh, It's really the card that I think Magmatic Channeler wants to be, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think Magmatic Channeler is fine. I think these cards could absolutely play nicely together, to be honest with you. And that's something I'm maybe looking forward to doing in the future.
0: And I mean, also, right, you look at, We've been talking about, you know, play interaction to beat Winota. We're playing four main board Reckless Rage, four to the face deals with Winota, and we're playing four red cat melee in the sideboard, not only dealing with Winota, also gets to deal with Chandra dressed to kill as well.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly wondering if some of the lack of Winota that we're seeing, at least in this event, is due to the fact that you can't play it much on Explore. I wonder if people, I don't know if that is a consideration at all, because again, you have to go down pretty far to look at, Uh, Some of the Winota, it was three copies, it looks like, and at least in this top 32, but the highest is 12th. Is that what that is? 12th place, yeah. 12th place. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I guess there's one again in 18th, but less Winota than we would typically see, given how strong the deck has traditionally been.
0: Well, this is, I mean, you know, one thing I, I did notice when we were working on the, the the playing pioneer tier list for this week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 the process for that is we look at the top 16 finishes in the, pro- the challenges. We look at the three and one or better results for the preliminary. We sort of count those up on Midgo. And if you we if you didn't include the NRGT event results like we did, um, Phoenix and Prowess had. More copies, you know, it was only one more copy each, but, you know, Prowess and Phoenix had six copies versus each versus Winota's five. Mm, I mean, okay. so here's a week where Winota was not the most played deck online.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I think there's just so many exciting ways to take Is it? so, I mean, I, I get it.
0: Yeah. All right, let's move on to Sunday real quick. Coming on down to eighth place, we have Andrew 1232 on Is It Prowess. Second place, we have Kazuga on Azorius Yorian, Azorius Control, whatever you want to call it. Sixth place, Wiki DeMori tried to run it back with Hidden Strings. Fifth place, Raced with Hidden Strings, Lotus Field Combo. Fourth place, Soul Strong on Is It Prowess. Third place, Caleb Yetman. On is it Phoenix? Uh, is this Phoenix? No, it's the control. No, it's, version. sorry, it's 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 the control version. Whatever. My bad, yeah. my bad. Mm-hmm. It's control. No, no, yeah, it's control. Second place though, McWinsauce on is it Phoenix? And then first place, Gustavo Garcia on Naya Winoda. There it is. Uh, what do you what do you see here? You know what what, what are we feel? I mean, like you said, control kind of came back this weekend. I mean, I guess it ha- it's going to happen eventually, right? You know we. We had talked about how, you know, there's a lot of talk online and Lotus Field is one of these, you know, could be the best deck in the format, is the best deck in the format, but no one's playing it because you just kind of get hated out. So it's, it's always really interesting to me to see, like, this is the best deck in the format talk when Weekend's like these are few and far between, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the key things to note here and one of the things that I'm a little surprised about is like, Phoenix does not do super well against, uh, Narset, uh, parter of the veils. That is at the same time, a lot of these like cards that they're printing now specifically target uh, planeswalkers, creatures and planeswalkers. So it does make it much harder for Narset to survive, but I-, I will tell you that's typically been a pretty stone cold easy way to defeat the Phoenix deck, um, along with like, you know, thought distortion type effects. So again, another another event where I'm a little surprised to just not see like, I don't know, like red, black everywhere because uh, you just you get so much graveyard graveyard removal against the decks that are kind of relying on that again with Ledger Shredder. Now, I think maybe you're a little bit less reliant, but uh, and and have a little better dig power. But still, I mean, I just thought for sure that we would see a little better represented like Ob style. You know,
0: well the the problem with like Rakdos, with Rakdos, right is if you're looking for Anvil, the deck really suffers right now just because you know it's it's not as prevalent as it was earlier when Newcapenna came out, but it's still around. Is that Karn just really sh- hard locks down? Good safe the Anvil. Deck.
1: Good safe. Uh, what? What? Huh? Nothing?
0: Huh? Hmm? Okay. Oh,
1: all right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally fair. Yeah, Karn is is definitely... uh, Karn's going to give it to you, for sure. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I don't know. I just think that there's, you know, decks not as reliant on on that, I suppose. But yeah, I mean...
0: uh, And then, then, you know, I think that when you want to talk about the mid-range deck, you know, the mid-range deck is great when their aggro decks are like mono-red running around, Mm -hmm. but... And they still are. There's no doubt mono-red's still good, but you... It's really hard to be a, hey, I'm going to keep you having no hand against decks that are just like, yeah, cool. I, I'll cast the Treasure Cruise then.
1: Right. Yep. Makes, uh, makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. It's an interesting week. It makes me a little nervous when I see my blue-red cards so high up because I know that they're just always uh, considered for the banhammer. But, you know, hey, number one card this week, not uh, Mystical Dispute. It is, in fact, Expressive Iteration. So, there we go is with it? that.
0: Is it? Oh, cool. On this event. Uh, Sat- uh, Saturday is considered, Express is the second place. And, uh, of course, no doubt, uh, Ledger Shredder and Swiss are also flip-flopping those top creature spots. So, uh, yeah, if you are a blue-red player, be on, be on the lookout. Maybe I need to start up uh, Phoenix Watch she needs to be turned into just Ledger Shredder Watch.
1: Ledger Shredder Watch, pretty much, you know? Yeah,
0: what, what should I use for the Ledger Shredder sound? Should I just have just, like, like a paper shredder sound yeah i like that okay cool that'll do it we'll do i'll, I'll edit one of those up for this week's episode <laughs> Um, anything else in these challenges you want really want to talk about? I mean, I don't think there's anything too surprising, sort of hanging around, bumping about. Um, we've kind of seen the drop-off, unfortunately, of the Angels decks. Uh, those kind of just, poof, went the way the Dota disappeared. You know, Feather's still kind of hanging around a bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was really interesting where this week's playing Pioneer meta, we had four decks really just kind of drop off into the just saw no play this week. We also see no Grease Fang, which is really interesting considering that, you know, if you're an Explorer player, Grease Fang is all over Explorer right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Grease Fang is a lot of fun too, you know? Yeah, Grease Fang, I think if you were looking to take it to locals, just a really, really fun deck. A deck that I'm trying to put together myself, uh, but I've kind of put together again because I want to... Mm. I want to make Phoenix players have less fun. I'm, I'm packing a full four Narsets in my main board and packing a little Azorius control on top of bringing my feather deck and, you know, my, uh, my little soul tie deck I've been working on for a while. So cool. 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 Well, we will have to check that out at dream Uh, anything
0: else of these events you really want to talk about? I mean, we could take a minute, look at the, uh, the playing pioneer tier list. If you want to which, again, I'm playing Pioneer Tealist. If you want to see some of the the reasons behind the cards, we, the decks that get placed, how they do, we have those explanations now on the website, breaking those choices down. Um, you know, what What do you think? Is Phoenix on is on the up right now. Does, do the people start complaining still about uh, the Phoenix Bands? Or are they just going to be so enamored with the fact that they have a savior against Winota now?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, Phoenix is one of those decks that always just feels like you were about to beat it when you lose a lot of the time. Like yeah. a lot of the times it's just how, you know, they, uh, they got lucky and top decked the card they needed to, you know, revive their Phoenixes and then Galvatic iteration of temporal trespass, you know, some something like that. So with said, I feel like some of your losses can feel like, Oh, you know, you were in the game at least, right? Cause I do have to sit up for a couple turns and they're interacting to be fair. A lot of times they're casting removal on your creatures or whatever on your stuff. Uh, and, you know, you just didn't find your sideboard piece to to do it in time. But it really does take a lot of graveyard hate to hate out a Phoenix player, given the amount, you know, they're just trying to delve to get more cards or whatever they're trying to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, one of those things that I- in this format you just have to be aware of.
0: Very true. All right. I mean, And that's what I like about Pioneer is that, like, you know, there are going to be dominant strategies like any format, but... There are still, it just feels like any weekend, any deck could really take it.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And again, I, I think that, you know, this is a lot of hyper-focused online play. I think that your locals and what we're going to see at DreamHack are going to be way different. I really do. I think you're going to see a lot more people who are bringing decks they've been playing for several weeks or a month or two. And the people who have the most experience, like we always say with the deck, are going to be rewarded. So I think your paper events are going to be a lot more diverse than what we're seeing here right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree too. But of course, as people friends get bigger, don't be surprised if numbers still grow for the key decks, because obviously deck dominance is going to lead to popularity in pickups. But, you know, there's something to say about when you go to GP and the bottom half of the room is all on the air quotes top deck for the weekend. Yep, absolutely. You see it all the time. All right. Well, Chris, let's, uh, let's kind of move into the Explorer direction. And uh, let's talk about that transition period. Now we're in, while we wait the several years until oh, yeah. the the card pool catches up to the actually pioneer. Once again, hey wizards! Instead of giving us Baldur's Gate alchemy, just give us Pioneer Masters. Just just do the thing. Just do the thing we all want,
1: please. That doesn't make them uh, the most money they possibly could have. You are right now. You, are though, correct. you know.
0: Yeah, you are. You are right there. But, of course, you know, we are going to get an anthology ser- series featuring cards for Pioneer sometime this summer. So I'm kind of expecting to be half cards for Pioneer, half cards for Historic. So let's say there's like a 20-card anthology, anthology set, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Blank? Wow, how did I blank? Ooh, oh, the toast, the toast is coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we said 20-card anthology, half those cards get to be Pioneer. And, of course, there are hundreds upon hundreds of cards still missing, but... I think you could really narrow them down to about like fifty to hundred cards that are kind of like the must-haves. To really get the most out of Pioneer. Sure. So um, let's just sort of take some time and talk about what we think should be the those first ten cards that we make an appearance. Uh, if you want, I'm going to link the Playing Explorer article um yes that we put out that sort of links a really nice table that is it is not extensive because i mean as you brought up, like thing of the ice here isn't included in this table but i think this gives a good idea of kind of most of the key pieces oh
1: yeah i mean as were, i was reading, missing as i was reading it, i was definitely like oh yeah that's like a, a solid card right i, I yeah. think most of those cards that were on there made absolute sense they definitely made sense as far as why we were inclu- why you were including them and things like that
0: so yeah, I think we'll we'll take some time to really talk about because I do want kind of want to talk about some some of our personal picks and then because I think there'll be a lot of cards that you know I had a lot of t- hard time getting down to this top ten at least me personally because I'm just like well you know I just don't want it to be immediately like here's all the top pioneer decks I want some kind of fun stuff in there too so uh, you know let's kind of start it off all right Chris what is your and we have we have Ricky's list too so we'll 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 be talking about Ricky's picks as well but Chris you get. What is your, your first pick of your personal top 10 cards to introduce back into Explorer?
1: Yeah, and I think the the key card here for me or the key part of this for me is these are cards that I want to see. These are not necessarily the cards that are the best because I think that would be a whole whole different conversation. And I think the point of this is that like we don't want homogenized lists. Everybody was going to bring something a little bit different. And so my thought here, based on especially what I've been seeing, not just these last or this last week, but the weeks before, is that, like, in Explorer, blue-red seems to be in a good place. Like, when I play uh, Phoenix, I feel pretty good about it. It does really well. It also seems to me that, you know, uh, from what I've been playing, and and I've pretty much mostly got undefeated with it so far, like, the red-black decks are, are doing really well. So I'm looking at what are cards that would you know, immediately give us an impact or immediately make certain things better or build toward certain things that we don't already see in Explore. So uh, my number 10, I think anybody could guess it. Obviously we need siege Rhino in Explore. <laughs> we need our, our big four or five trampoline boy there or girl. I don't know. I guess any Rhino can siege, you know, I don't know. Uh, and, and I want to ding my opponent for three and gain three. And yeah, I don't have anything else to say besides that. All right, well,
0: I, mine are kind of in no particular order, uh, but you know what? I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll kind of order them as we go along. Um, I want stubborn denial.
1: Yeah, stubby D's, right? I
0: think I think stubby D and the boys, you know, sees a lot of sideboard play from time to time. That's just kind of a fun one. You know, you're you're playing your green Stompy deck. You, you splash a little blue because one of the best things I think Ricky pointed out with a lot of the cards, some of the cards on his list is. Uh, because they're, you know, all the, the stuff's in wild cards, right? You know, you have a little more leeway into, you know, once you get a lot of your core stuff, you can start buying sort of more expensive cards that you don't normally get. Ricky's, oh, yeah. Ricky's pick mm-hmm. Ricky's pick being, being Thos, a god of the sea, because again, he just loves Thos. It's a fun card. And again, you know, it's easier to invest the mythic wild card that you have lying around than $20 you have lying around, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I think like, you know, for a lot of players, you, you look at the cost of, Oh, you know, like I bought my Castle Garin Briggs and I have like one or two Nykthos to play like my big green stompy deck. I don't really want to spend the money to invest in breeding pools, mm-hmm. but you know, I have a couple of rare wild cards around. I could get some blue land and start splashing my stubby D. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. For, for the sort of control matchup. And I think that's just a fun pick.
1: I think Summer Denial keeps people honest. I mean, again, you have a lot of the cards to blue green flash. Yeah. And that's just another key card that really helps. Again, one of your marquee cards in that deck is obviously Nightpack Ambusher. And while like the Frilled Mystic doesn't quite get you to four, um, I could see there being some absolutely some ways that you could, you know, sneak some more for four power creatures in there, uh, you know, on a on a flash basis or a little pump spell, something like that to get yourself to four more often to make your stubborn denial. But I mean, heck, people play sensor, right? There's nothing wrong with just playing stubborn denial as it is, I think. And I think it catches a lot of people off guard. Right. Like really tired of like getting tapped out on turn four and five by various Yorian piles uh, for various nonsense. And that's a way to just punish them and, and kill them pretty quickly. I'm very sure. All right. What do you got for your next pick? Uh, number nine is Hardened Scales. And uh, I have done my best to verify these cards are not. It's a little bit tough because I didn't I didn't check Scryfall at first. I didn't actually know it would tell me that. But Hardened Scales, I'm pretty confident I was looking through Arena is uh, not in exploring oh, that's such
0: a good, that's such a good pick. I Thank like that Thank you pick. so
1: much. Yeah, yeah again. Because
0: like, you know, I, I built, you know, I'm not trying to build like counters, but I think there's a really fun Soul Sisters deck in Pioneer that wants Hardened skills.
1: I think so. I think you're exactly right. I think this is just, again, you know, I can play my fun deck and by playing a lot of my fun deck and especially because it's just not, not that hard to ladder, you know, it, it may take you some more time, but it's not necessarily that hard. Uh, you know, hey, again, you learn your hardness scales deck and play it on ladder. You'll hit yourself a mythic eventually, you know?
0: Very true. Ricky's number nine was Is It Charm? Yeah. Which I think, you know what? We're talking versatile card picks. That's a good one. You know, Phoenix, I feel like it's kind of dropped out of favor in Phoenix, but I think that's always a card that is good to keep in your battle block still.
1: I think so. I'm a big fan of it. Again, the, the big thing on that card is it's one that gets, lets you dig. Or, you know, be removal or be a counter spell. All three modes on that card are incredibly relevant. And that's why I've loved that card and I've been very resilient to let it go. You know, the boomer in me still wants to play it, even though there's so many more cool options. But just the fact that I can go, hey, I'm going to counter your planeswalker right that's the big one is you a lot of times use it to answer planeswalkers that are tough to answer or kill a cheap creature if you had to kill an elf if you had to and then you know obviously you're hoping to be able to just throw it away to draw to discard to to fuel your graveyard shenanigans more uh typically that's what you're playing with but three very relevant modes really love the card well in
0: a counter to the is it charm pick my number nine is voice of resurgence? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel a little less relevant now that Winota's banned in Explore for the time being. Um, which, by the way, I, I do kind of like how they're going to handle bands Explorer in that, like every every set release, if it's a very important card to Pioneer, they're going to reevaluate, make it legal again in Explore. And I think that's a big sign to all the people who were wanting Winota banned in Pioneer that they're not planning on banning Winota in the near future.
1: Yeah, makes sense to me. I, I will go ahead and say, and we'll just do it in this order. Uh, I have Voice of Resurgence as my number three. Oh, yeah. okay, that's pretty yeah. high. I'm gonna, gotcha. It is very, very high. But I think that was a card that, like, when I one thing I don't see a ton of is green white, and I think that card is a very, very important card to kind of fend off some of like the just crazy spell decks out there right now. And again, it's a way to. Um, you know, build your creatures. And and if you want to put it in like a kind of a sack strategy, you could if there was one to be had somewhere in those colors. Uh, But just a card that I think is very important. I have really loved. We have thought it was underpriced for a long time. And while not a card that I play myself personally, a card I have a lot of respect for and played a bunch against back in the day and really saw the power of the card. So I'm going to go ahead and cross that off. I figure anytime you bring up a card that's on my list, I'll bring it up in whatever place I have
0: Sure, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. Um,
1: all right. So then, what is what is your what is your number eight? My number eight is actually one that was also on the playing explorer list, in, in Soul Artifact. Uh, not that I want to see a ton more blue red uh, running around, but you can play this in like blue white, right? Obviously, that was like the popular yeah. thing to do, and I think this is just a fun aggro strategy. It really is, and I think that most of the blue white version remains intact, and it's just a you know of a different aggro deck. Right. Again, I like having variety in this format we've had so much. And I think that deck really brought a lot to the table as far as, you know, having a deck that was a little bit different. Um, One thing that I wanted to put on this list and didn't, if I may take an extra selfish minute here, was actually Looter Scooter. Uh, But then I decided against I had a couple cards on here that were actually banned that I thought would actually be really good additions to explore based on the format that I've seen so far. And uh-huh. even though they are banned in, in Pioneer, and I thought Looter Squid would be one of them. And obviously that would be complemented exceptionally well in the, the artifacts deck, though it would be good everywhere.
0: For sure. All right. Ricky's number eight is Mutavault. I know Ricky's always been high on Mutavolt. You know, it doesn't see a ton of play right now. Cause I feel like the deck's playing, the Manlands are playing Faceless Haven, but you know, there's always, there's always a home for Manlands in, in, uh, in any sort of given format. So the, the classic choice right
1: yeah i, I honestly took Munivolt off my list when i saw it was on Ricky's because i it was debating that one for like one of my lower tier ones like eight through ten and ultimately decided i, I couldn't miss a chance to put siege rhino in there uh, but Munivolt's another card again i really love i've loved for a long time i've had my four for a very very long time also and uh, again it's just a great way to beat down it's just a great way to keep Control decks uh, in check, and you know, hey, you got the wrath. But if I can finish off with a couple muta vaults at the end, that's what I'm going to do. So it doesn't let them just get away with a, a wrath, and, and gives you some recovery tools around a wrath if you really, really need it. So, not to mention the uh the fact that it's a shapeshifter. So, yeah, my number eight is this
0: is kind of a wild pick. I think it's a fun one though. I want to say, notion thief.
1: Notion thief. Okay. I feel like no,
0: everyone kind of forgets a notion thief, yeah. and like it's and, and I feel like the decks that you want to bring it in against, you know, had the ways to take out the Felix. It's only you know, it's only got, what two toughness? I think I thought it was
1: one, but yeah, it could be two.
0: Let me double check before Reddit yells at me. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for for not being prepared. That's for right. Usual. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a three-one. You're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. three-one. I thought it was a three-two. Anyway, you know the red decks have to pick it off, but I do think with the amount of um, ledger shredder running around and stuff like that, mm-hmm. especially if you're playing a control shell and you board into ocean thief, when opponents are kind of going to take out their removal, right? Yeah, I think that's going to catch people off guard, and I think like that's how you get them. Right? That you is know? how you get them. Well, it's a little it's a little weaker without treasure cruise and like that in the format, but you know there are still decks drawing a lot of cards and. I just think the the arena audience just isn't going to play around a Ocean thief.
1: That's right. I would certainly never play around ocean thief, right? Or, or very rarely, and, until you made me yeah. see it. And again, I think it's a very low cost, right? Like you know, notion thief's not going to go running around breaking any formats. It's just it's a good what you can say sideboard card, right? Or good in combination with uh, with another days undoing, right? Uh, collective defiance type effect, something like that. Yeah. Which I think we're missing those also <laughs> from the format. But either way, we are. it's just another another way to pull that off. You know.
0: Very true. All right, what do you got, number seven?
1: My number seven, and I think this is a card that you have on yours also, uh, and you might be surprised I don't have it higher. Is actually traverse the Uvenwald. Ah, I literally that was my last cut. Oh, okay, I, yeah, I was, I was surprised. I think then good, we got some diversity going here. Traverse the Uvenwald. It just it doesn't see a lot of play in Pioneer. Um, it does in the uh, junk versions of Greasefang which is what I really liked. Uh, and one reason I've really wanted to uh, try that version of the deck out, but Traverse the Ulvenwald is just a very, it's such a strong card. And again, it really doesn't see the play that it deserves, but I think that in Explore in particular, it really could. Um, again, I think you could play it in Grease Fang. I think you could play it in some of the various like black decks because you have a lot of your self-mill cards in Explore as it stands. So uh, just a really, really strong card that I don't think we've got to see the power of ever since it kind of rotated out. Even though it is so strong, it just is, it really just is such a strong card, but we never get to see it because there's too many other powerful things going on,
0: yeah. Um, my uh, so actually, we'll, we'll do Ricky's, we'll do Ricky's next. Uh, Ricky's number seven is Sylvan Caryatid, which was my six. Um, honestly, I think like we're kind of seeing that the the greedy mana based decks that really need it because you know the Omnath decks are doing pretty well for themselves. In, uh, explorer. in in explorer mm-hmm. right now, uh, especially e- when they're even missing things like the Jeskai Ascendancy combo deck, yep. um, but I think there are decks that could exist in a format with carry that don't currently exist. Like I'm thinking just all like the the sort of three color green mid range piles, right? Yep. You know, I'm thinking like a Soul Tide deck, a Teamer deck, all those kinds of decks that aren't just like all in on the big, being a big Omnath pile. I think better with the Carrington around.
1: I think that's fair. I, I am not a. I own four Carringtons. I am just not a big fan of the card. We have so many ways to like provide mana right now that uh, I'm not sure we really, really need a Carrington. But it's definitely a card that I'm a fan of. Right? I think that if when you do need it, having the hex proof to your land accelerant is is pretty killer. Uh, mm. You know, killer as in you know in a good way. I guess is what I'm. Trying. I don't know if the kids. I don't know if the Zoomer audience that we're going for. Uh, with all our 100 gags jokes would know what that means but that's what i'm saying there you know when you have things like wolf hello wolf willow haven wow can't say that card and stuff like that that are very very hard to kill anyway but yeah definitely i still own uh silver they're probably hopefully they're listening to me right now or not listening to me right now in my binder right next to me
0: <laughs> all right what do you got for number six Number six. Oh, a- sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I haven't done my seven. I said, Oh, yeah, myself. Uh um So, my seven is Kalita's trainer of get. I feel like they're, especially in like the best of one queues where you look at, you know, all the grease fang running around, mm-hmm. um, you don't want to really hold, like. It kind of feels bad to mainboard like a rest in peace or just the big graveyard hate type effect. I mean, you're looking at Farts where you're like mainboarding Unlicensed Hearse now and stuff like that. Yep. Where I'm looking at like the black decks and I'm like, let's play Kalidas. Kalidas is fun.
1: I'm with let's you. Kalidas is it, my number it, six.
0: Kalidas doesn't affect Greasefank as much, right? Right. It doesn't stop them pitching the Parhelion, but... I just think Kalidas is a good mid-range threat that you can kind of throw in any black mid-range deck and it's gonna fill a role.
1: Absolutely. No, again, I Kalidas is my number six, and I couldn't agree with you more. I really think that the card is 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 doing a lot. And I think it, you know, a lot of these like kind of rock decks, one of the key cards that they're missing, I think, is Kalidas and and what it does to stop the opponent. Shenanigans build yourself a little army based off of it. Uh, things like that, and again, it's it's definitely killable. It's not you know overpowered by any stretch. It's not the powerhouse that it once was. As far as being very very hard to remove, when you look at what Fatal Push does, uh, right. at the same time, again, very very powerful enabling card.
0: Very true. All right, uh, Ricky's number six is Hidden Strings and Pour of the Pages. Ricky just wants to get uh, Lotus Field on to here. Uh, What's funny is, though, we're putting all the enablers for Lotus Field, but we don't have Thespian Stage on the list. No, of
1: course not. Of course not. Yeah, he just wants to play (laughs) around with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I almost said Rewind, Uh,
1: but I think Rewind was in a recent core set, and so uh, it's legal.
0: Yeah. Um, And then... Uh, my number six was carried it. So we're good go. there. So what's your uh, what's your number
1: five? Number five goes hand in hand with my, my number six. My number five was, again, I think one that is also on the playing Explorer list, which is Abrupt Decay. And it is, okay. it is just an answer all that I think if you wanted to have kind of a rock control deck or a junk control deck or something like that, a soul type control deck, abrupt decay answers a lot. And it's definitely better in pioneer than I think it is in explorer because in, in pioneer, for example, you're killing a lot of Jeskai ascendancies in general, right? You're, uh, you're killing a lot of things like that, um, You know, you're still killing Ledger Shredders, which is like your number one target right now, but you're missing out on Phoenix, things like that. You're still getting Thing in the Ice, which is another big card still in Pioneer and not in Explorer. So, so yeah, I think Abrupt Decay, a very, very strong card that could potentially see some play if you were looking to play some kind of off-meta-control decks.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ricky's number five is Fire Impulse. Um, I think we're going to start seeing Ricky go in a lot of the blue-red direction. And, you know, Fire Impulse is a good one. I it, It's a nice piece of interaction that upgrades up as the game goes along, and that's pretty cool. Uh, my number five is Monastery Swift Spear. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly missing from the far... I mean, you, you know, you, you kind of have enough one-drops to deal with. Uh, you have, you know, your Soul Scar Mage already. You can kind of make do with everything else on there. Yeah. But, like, is it Pioneer without Monastery Swift Spear running on the ground game?
1: That's a totally fair assessment. I I skipped it on my list for exactly that reason. I thought that the aggro decks that I have seen have been doing well, and I've seen some varied aggro decks out there. I've seen some, like, Jeskai Feather. So I've seen some kind of fun stuff running around in the lower tiers, but I totally understand why it would be on the list.
0: For sure. All right, what
1: you got? Man, my number four. This is probably... It's obviously not my favorite card on the list, but I think it's the most interesting card probably on my list, and that is Monastery Mentor. Not the oh, Swift Spear, but okay. the Mentor, a card that I just don't want to spend 40 to 50 freaking dollars on in uh, in real life, but think about it all the time. How many times on this podcast have we brought up Monastery Mentor and the cool things that it could do? Even just if you wanted to play like red, white, like not feather or other spells decks, things like that, other kind of prowess decks. This does it all. It's obviously very good in certain sideboards. And I think it's an extremely powerful card in white that could definitely make Explorer have some explosive decks. Again, um, because of the color that it's in, I'm not really worried about it right now and some of the things that I see. But I think it's a really fun card that could add a lot to certain decks out there and, and really get you thinking about, you know what kind of possibilities you have splashing white into your blue deck, your red deck, whatever you might want to do. So monastery mentor, a card that for just a, a wild card, I think makes it a shoe in for this list for me. Very true. All right. Ricky's number four is, uh, you know what? This is
0: a good include. It's a card I definitely forgot about, but I do like think from time. It's one of those cards that again, like I think of like a Lily on the last hope type card, Yeah, uh, which just shy of making my list. Um, these are cards that kind of have their time to shine and then kind of go away for a little bit Ricky pick clips brutality
1: sure sure yeah a card yeah, a it, good one it's actually kind of a controversial card because depending on the meta game that it's in discarding cards uh, can be not that good and you don't really get actually a lot of super relevant modes on that one the the card's in general pretty weak you really need the discard synergy to be there I think that card to be for that card to be extra powerful
0: mm-hmm. I think so on that. And then my number four, I'm going to give it to Elmish Look, we got, we got lenore Elves. We can kind of make do with some other work, but let's get all the Elves together.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that makes sense to me.
0: All right, what do you got for your number three? Oh, wait, that's right. We already said your three. We
1: right. already said my three because it was Voice of Resurgence.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, my number one, which I think is also on Ricky's list, is Thing in the Ice. Uh it's not on Ricky's list. Is it not? Okay. It's not. I know it's with the card they have on his list. I think this is, to be honest, sorry, Ricky. Hopefully he's not gonna listen to this episode. Uh I think this pick is way better than the ones that I know that are gonna be on Ricky's list because he posted it while he was gone. Uh because I think that this deck um I think that this combats a lot of the stuff that I see. Like, for example, like winota This card would have been insane against winota had it not been banned. Uh, this card does a lot. You can play it in not just red, black, but I think you can play it in blue, black. It really uh, you know, matches well with the card that removes counters, the black removal spell that I think is strong at Heartless Act. The black removal is stronger. So I've been playing a ton of that in Pioneer recently in blue, black, and it's been very, very good. It's been a lot of fun. So I think that you know, it's a card that goes in several different decks. And it's quite a bit of fun, and it's not quite as powerful as uh, certain cards that we're going to see on Ricky's list in a minute, which I think have honestly been somewhat problematic for Pioneer, at least recently.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Ricky's number three is a duo with Days Undoing and Collective Defiance. Ricky wants that Is It Control package for sure.
1: Yeah, I, and I understand why. Uh, I. Man, as much as I'm about to play that deck, I don't think that it's the the most fun that we could be having in Explorer, but I do think it is a very powerful effect, obviously. So Yeah. Uh, my number three, it's a simple one. I'm a simple man.
0: It's Dreadbore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. What were you thinking about with Dreadbore?
0: Man, I just want two mana kill everything. All right, what's your number? Oh, you're, you're done, right? You're out, you're out of I'm cards? I'm done. I
1: will say a card that I oh, think okay. was on your list, uh, if it wasn't already, would be Supreme Verdict. How about that?
0: That's Ricky's number two. It's go. not on my list. Okay,
1: I think it's a solid choice. We'll go over it when we talk about. Uh, well,
0: well, I mean, we're, we're here, so here, here's, here's. Oh, we're
1: Supreme at the verdict. stop. We are, are we already been delivered. Am I about to be Shinderood?
0: No, no, no. What was Supreme Verdict? I mean, you want to you talk more about? Supreme no, I was verdict? making.
1: You, you said uh, we, you know, signed seal delivered. You're dead, and I was like, oh, if oh we're okay. here already. It's been delivered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then I must be. Uh, I must be Shinderood. Uh, All right. Yeah, I mean, I, again, Supreme Verdict, just a tool to fight some of the like a little more ridiculous aggro decks. It's just a card that keeps people honest. And again, you know, you can't uh, you can't get it with your, like, Mono Blue, which Mono Blue is yeah. definitely super prevalent, but I think it's a little overrepresented for how good it is, and that's a card that just kind of helps keep things a little bit in balance, and then if you are one of those crazy control players, you've got a better tool to fight some of those aggro decks.
0: Yeah. Uh, my number two pick is also ricky's number one in treasure cruise and also just dig the at the same time because mm-hmm. let's just get the delve spells on there right
1: yeah I, those are the cards that i do think are too dangerous for explore uh okay yeah I, I think i'm questioning them in pioneer a little bit like i knew they were going to have a good run they've had a good run they are definitely just very 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 strong oh, come
0: on chris give them at least a pro tour
1: yeah and, and again that's probably fair right i'm not calling for their heads just yet but the fact that the only ones that we see played are in blue i do think are, are kind of a problem you don't really see Tassiger getting played very much you don't really see him well, I, I think it was, fu-
0: what was funny was when I, when I asked rose like what are your crazy like i want the dell spells i want to play germak angle like because that's the dell spell everyone's right. reaching <laughs> right,
1: for right 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 right. yeah again i think mm-hmm. if we were all just jamming our Gurmag language and our Tassigers, it'd be a different story and i think there's an argument for those i really do i think you know if honestly maybe a number two that's what i would put would be like a Tassiger or something like that to see how that card can shine because that's a Del spell that you know doesn't get the love that it deserves whereas i think the blue ones have just you know with the power that we're now putting things into our graveyard with consider and opt and expressive iteration and things like that, it's definitely a little ridiculous.
0: I mean, it did got replaced by Deluge, so Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright. My number one, and I am ashamed of both of you for not mentioning these. Uh and look, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a, I'm gonna pull a Chappelle show draft here, and uh I'm I'm gonna take the whole Wu-Tang clan. I'm taking Mausoleum Wanderer, Selfless Spirit, <laughs> Spell Queller. Yeah. Give me the Spook Boys. Can I get a Hallelujah from the Graveyard? Look, it, it, it's time, right? People people are messing around with fake Mono Blue Spirits on, on Explore. Give them the real hit. Give them Mausoleum Wanderer. Give me Spell Queller. I just want to play my Spook Boys.
1: Man, Ruckman's over here with the your first hit of Halo is free uh you That's know right. argument That's over right. here and that i i intentionally wanted to keep the kids off of the uh of the halo you know look
0: i look i make kids cry and pay for the spell queller now it's their time to know the pain on explorer
1: yeah fair. i, I want
0: to hear the complaint i want the salt of coco into spell queller i want to feel alive again and make my opponent mad and think i always have it because honestly i have of the time, but you always remember the time I do have it.
1: That's right. Yeah, nobody remembers the time you didn't have it. That's just another game. Totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take my thing in the ice. I want to play with my thing in the ice you can have your spirits. Make it happen, Buttsy. Yeah, yeah,
0: but, like, like again, go, going back, though, to this table, there's such, there's so many cool cards that aren't in, like, right, like, this, this table is what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, Nine, ten, eleven. Okay, so it is eleven. It's like forty-four cards, right? And I think like you add, you you round this off into fifty. And this table is like almost perfect to get Pioneer onto Arena. Like, sure, you're not going to have all your esoteric decks, right? But like here it is. It's here, and I'm not even asking for the fun stuff, right? Like I'm not asking for Xenagos the Reveller because I want to play Bard class on Explore, which I will because it'll be great. Because then I don't have to remember all the triggers. The game will do it for me. The game
1: will do it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I have been happy with Explorer so far. I really have been. I think that, again, for a format that, you know, or for a program in general that I never have any intention of putting money in unless they rapidly change their business practices. But, you know, I saved up all these rare wild cards from the times that they had promised this Pioneer was coming to Arena in a reasonable time frame and had it on the release schedule for a year or, you know, less than a year from now to all of a sudden it's impossible to put on the on the program there's just no way it can happen uh, for any of
0: our newer listeners it speaks volumes to me about the format that chris hasn't uninstalled arena yet like yeah i didn't think explore would get him back on it did and now he has yet to uninstall so right. clearly there's something there in the format that's keeping chris invested
1: yeah i i mean i really think it's a good format as is, is why i think i've been having a ton of fun playing it and i think that uh there are several viable decks and again there are a lot of decks that even if they're not a top tier you can still hit mythic with messing around uh, queuing arena in either best of one or best of three as magic the gathering was intended to be played with the amount of non games that it has. But, but seriously, I mean, again, I, I, I can't tell you how much that i really stand by my decision that I, I do not like the, the kind of lie that we were told about when we were going to get uh whatever, but given that I saved up all these, you know, cards for, for pretty much nothing or these wild cards for pretty much nothing. and we were stacking them up, telling people what they should buy. This is a fun little format. Right, And if you don't think that way and you do want to put money in the game because you don't care, you just want to come out after work and play some Magic, then good for you. I don't see anything wrong with that either, and and we're going to be here along with you playing some Explorer and having fun because so far I've been having a blast. I get to play my Phoenixes, I get to play some SAC decks that I think are interesting. Uh, there's a lot to it, and I've been having a ton of fun. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I, I just haven't had a lot of time to dive into the fort myself. I mean, I get to play around with it, but I haven't really had the time to... Um... Go in as much as you and Ricky have, and I'm, I am always jealous of that, but the amount of times I have had fun with the are, you know, I it's been every time I've logged in and played, right? And I think that's why I want to say that I'm still trying to pick a date yet uh, because we have Dream Hack. I'm going to want to take a break the weekend after, and we have Father's Day, so I'm still trying to figure out a date for the next discord championship but is
1: wombat still, i assume the answer is yes wombat is still the champion right wombat is still the champion okay, yeah that's been but true for like a year
0: what if instead of webcam magic uh-huh. we uh-huh. did explore Ooh. for the title instead okay okay, okay. so so expect sometime towards the end of june like i said I'll hopefully i'll have have a date here soon and we'll have the signups going uh, but probably one of those last weekends of June, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have we'll put the we'll put the title back up for grabs and explore this time. So that should be a lot of fun. So if you're practicing now. Start grinding those wild cards. Give you a chance to build decks and have fun. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll explore for the crown next time. I
1: think that's gonna be exciting. Very
0: cool. All right. Well, Chris, any uh, anything else to say before we wrap up this
1: week? No, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me this week. And, and I can't tell you how proud I am of you, of all the work that you're doing on uh, playing a Pioneer, playing Explorer, whatever, it, you know, whatever. Same site, different name, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it. All the stuff you're doing there is exciting, and it's been great for the community. And you've done so much for so long that I'm excited it's kind of starting to, to pick up for you, you know?
0: Yeah, very true. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you next week. It, it's hard to believe the DreamHack is already
1: upon next us. weekend. I know. I'm like, man, I need to order some sideboard cards and uh, and yeah. figure out some equipment, make a plan for the weekend, and and hang out with my homies.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. So again, if you if you still want to go to DreamHack and passes three day passes should still be available as the time of recording. Uh, you want to use either Crew Three Ruckman or Crew Three Chris at checkout. For 20% off on that pass. That'll get you there. Uh, and you know what? We, Like Chris said, we've been doing this for a long time, and we wouldn't be able to do this without the support of Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. I said in the interview with Rose that I will probably be stepping back from streaming, but Ricky will hopefully be starting to do some morning stuff on the, the Twitch page, so not quite sure what the schedule's going to be, but he's wanting to stream a little more on our side of things, so... Look out for, I'm sure he's going to be streaming Explorer, and all the Pioneer goodness will still happen when I can make it happen on our YouTube channel, Crew3MTG on both. But again, shouts to Patreons. There might be a readjust of the Patreon rewards. I might kind of fit something extra in, since, you know, streams are kind of going to be phased out for a bit. So we'll want to thank you all in a way that doesn't necessarily rely on us streaming to have the the name list there. So we will have like a... Uh, a Patreon mailbag at the end of every episode, just like one question we'll we'll figure something out, we'll, we'll make it worth your while so be sure to check out the Patreon for the tiers available there, and uh, if you want to buy uh, play that all below, again, go check out playingpioneer.com for more great Pioneer content, uh, links to all the events we talked about below, and uh, yeah that'll do it,
1: Chris where can find you on socials? You can find me if you so choose on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no tea.
0: And of course, you can find me at Crew3 Podcast on Twitter and all the Crew3 MTG stuff I talked about with Twitch and YouTube. We'll talk to y'all next time. Bye.
1: Bye.